So I think I think we're good. As long as it doesn't bother you. No, it doesn't bother me. Sweet. Okay. So we're double recording. I was literally listening to an episode of uh so Gilmore Guys is still going, but they're doing the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel now. Okay. And it's not Kevin and Demi. Caroline, you listened to the Gilmore Guys? Enough episodes to know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not Kevin and Demi. It's um, Kevin's doing it with this woman, uh, stand-up comedian named Alice Wetterland. She's she's kind of a big deal, um, but she was a guest on Gilmore Guys a couple of times, and so now she's doing the marvelous Mrs. Maisel Goys because <laughs> a Goy is like a non-Jewish person, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it was season three, episode six, I think. And as they were uh, introing, it became obvious that they had already done the episode. And we're re-recording it because Kevin never hit record. And so he was like profusely apologizing to their guest and was like, well, maybe it'll be better this time because we've already <laughs> talked about it. And blah, blah, blah. And he was, you could, you could like hear the red in his face. He was oh, so like upset with himself. Um, so this is, this is my Kevin T. Porter moment. <laughs> <laughs> Although I hit record. I don't know what happened to my audio because I had Sam's audio. I had Hannah's audio. I don't know what happened to my audio. That's scary. I think the problem was that we kept getting kicked off. Like I got kicked off once and then you got kicked off. And then, yeah, I I think that was it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be lossless audio. Like it's, I don't know what happened to my audio. Anyhow. (sighs) Hi, Caroline. Hello. For our audience, uh, welcome from Corona land, from Quarantineville. Happy to be here. Not super happy, but happy, happier to be with you all. Yeah, you know, this is wild times. Um, This is the first episode we're recording since we've been in quarantine, Uh, social distancing. Is it taboo to say quarantine? Are we not supposed to be using that word? Um, Is it freaking everyone out? Yeah, I'm not sure if what we're doing even counts as quarantine yet. Yeah, I I think people have been saying quarantine, but it's not like grammatically correct. It's quarantine, quarantine light, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so our beloved co-host Hannah is saving the city of St. Paul. Um, she is just too busy working for the city uh, and trying to keep the citizens of St. Paul safe and informed about how to flatten the curve. <laughs> let's use all the buzzwords today. <laughs> um, and so she's decided that she just cannot make this podcast a priority for right now. Um and suggested that we move forward without her. So we have our first guest co-host today, uh, (laughs) Caroline. We talked a little bit about this in the pilot episode of This Doesn't Suck, that uh, my connection to Sam was through you. Uh, Caroline and I used to work together at a nonprofit. Um, She went off to grad school a couple of years ago. We've missed her very much, but uh, we're, we're closing circles around here today which is very exciting. Um, And then next week, we're going to have Jackie, which is another uh, part of the Venn diagram of how we're all connected. (laughs) Um, So we're keeping it in the family, I guess. Yeah, honored (laughs) to be here. Um, And we have recorded this episode 104 already in the past. um, And we're re-recording because I lost my audio. So uh, catching everyone up to where where we're at. Um, So it feels very odd to get back into... Uh, doing this episode, but as I had mentioned last time we talked, this episode aired uh, Family Ties, episode 
104, um, aired on October 1st, 2009. Um, this, I didn't mention this before, but this episode was written by Andrew Kreisberg and Brian Young. Um, Andrew Kreisberg actually was in the news a few years ago. He got me too'd. Oh. Yeah, he worked for Berlanti Productions for a really long time. Um, Greg Berlanti and Kevin Williamson were friends from back in Dawson's Creek days. Berlanti was one of the executive producers of Dawson's Creek. Um, Andrew Kreisberg started working for him, I believe for him and the CW uh, when all of the superhero shows kind of got picked up and uh, while working at like arrow and some of those shows, he got fired for sexual harassment. So um, it was pretty uh, traumatic in the <laughs> Greg Berlanti universe mm. a couple of years ago. Cause he was, he was pretty high up in that production uh, company. Um, Brian Young wrote several episodes in seasons one through four, and this episode was directed by Guy Furland, who is really prolific. He um, has directed for Walking Dead, Prison Break. He directed Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. <laughs> um, they had some pretty prolific uh, TV directors back in season one, which is interesting because um, production-wise, it's not my favorite season of The Vampire Diaries. Mm-hmm. Um before we get into the episode, Caroline, can you tell us a little bit about your history of watching The Vampire Diaries? Did you watch it when it was live? Like, um, Definitely not when it was live. I feel like I probably caught on to it um, like five or six years after everything aired. I'm not sure. It's definitely a show that I, I, I would go to when I was folding laundry, needed something that was like satisfying but didn't require too much attention. I think um, and it's just such a it was such a satisfying like, you know, a little bit more adult and more fun than Twilight and just the right amount of like the teen soapy drama. Just a satisfying thing to go back to. Um, yeah. So so you did watch Twilight and all of that. I did. Yeah. Actually, when I don't know if Sam has talked about us going to midnight premieres of the Twilight movies <laughs> together in high school. It's probably not something that he likes to tell a lot of people, but... He could tell us, yeah. No, I'm... I'm, I'm I, <laughs> it I, happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say that we were the biggest fans in our group of friends, but we were definitely along for the ride. And um, yeah, I don't know. What's not to love about hot teenage vampires? I know, right? <laughs> um. And, you know, I'm a big fan of all the CW shows. Do you watch other shows on the CW, too? Everything that that was big on CW, I feel like I watched after it was cool. So, like, Everwood, I watched uh, One Tree Hill. Gilmore Girls, I forget, was on the CW, but I guess that counts. That, that was probably the only thing that I watched when it was live. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you guys want to watch the trailer? Yeah. How do you look in a suit? It'll be our first official date. How do you feel being in the same room with people who killed Catherine? Someone should suffer justice. There are bite marks all over Caroline's body. Are you gonna kill me? I'm handling it. Handling it? There's nothing you can do to stop me. Nice. I feel like the CWs 
ads are so misleading sometimes <laughs> um and they do do that a lot they pull out footage that is clearly not in the episode um they had a bunch of shots from the last episode friday night bites that was not in the show um you know really playing up the football stuff and this time around i, I think they're trying to add to a lot of the intrigue but yeah the cw um as we continue going down this rabbit hole of the vampire diaries you'll see that like they're always lying. <laughs> Constantly lying. Hey, it's good TV. Constantly lying. I don't know. That got me excited to watch it. <laughs> Tune in next week. Okay. And so from fandom.com, the episode synopsis reads, you're invited to a party to die for. <laughs> um, Elena asks Stefan to escort her to the town's annual founders party. Vicky gets Tyler to ask her to the party, then accuses him of trying to hide their relationship from his family. Zach reveals a useful family secret to Stefan. At the party, Damon tells Elena a story about the Salvatore's family's past, leaving Elena with questions that Stefan refuses to answer. At last, Stefan takes action to get Damon out of his life for good. Okay, so um, Caroline, you know, as uh, just like in the Gilmore Girls, uh, Stars Hollow loves a town festival. <laughs> uh, Mystic Falls loves a founder's party. And so this is our first founder's party. And as the episode starts, everybody needs a date. So everyone's pairing up. Um, Elena asks Stefan, Damon compels Caroline to take him to the founder's party. Uh, Bonnie's pissed because she has to go stag. I, I love that Bonnie just goes by herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Matt's not in this episode because he's not from a founding family. Um, they're so elitist. Um, and Jenna and Logan. Those are kind of the main storylines for today. Um, so in the cold open... Last week, you you and Hannah had asked about uh, vampires sleeping and whether they slept during the day, whether they slept in coffins, but Stefan's just sleeping in bed. And uh, we see that Damon has the power to uh, influence people's dreams. So uh, the transition from the end of last episode when Damon is creepily in Elena's room, stroking her face <laughs> while she's sleeping. Um, that transitions to the open of this episode where Elena's being terrorized in the in the house, in the Gilbert house. Um, so I think we're supposed to believe that it's real. And then we find out that it's just uh, Stefan's dream. Um, did it get you the first time you watched it? Did that transition make sense? I feel like I didn't, Maybe I just enough time had passed between episodes that I didn't like make that an immediate connection, which I feel like if we were binge watching mm-hmm. it, it would. Um, I feel like I've come to realize that almost all of these like cold opens are just kind of like bluffs or something. Like I, mm. I, I just so you already don't trust them. I don't this trust early them. in the show. Yeah. Um, or or it's like <laughs> or it's some. Um, other you know like i feel like the first couple were like other couples dying or other random people Mm. dying where it was just kind of not related to the plot so i don't know Mm -hmm. not to say i'm a savvy uh cw viewer already blown their credibility with you um but you know it's it's just tv like the cold opens the cold open i feel like most of the time the cold open is not you know part of the yeah yeah what's that term um where storyline insurance where like you're you're a big enough star where you know that that person is just not gonna die yeah you know yeah um you're you're so far up in the billing that like oh 
there's no way they're gonna, you know, nothing's really gonna happen to Elena. This is all bullshit. Um, but yeah, so Damon is terrorizing Stefan in his dreams. When Stefan wakes up, uh, he makes a really terrible football joke and says, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how easy it was to get in your head just now? You really need some human blood. You might even the playing field. Football reference. Too soon. Because the one person we do know that's died is is uh, Mr. Yeah. Tanner. Too soon. Uh, too, yeah. It is too soon, damn it. Football season's I over. I wanted more out of the Tanner dynamic because he's just a uniquely terrible character. <laughs> or not terrible mm-hmm. character, terrible person, interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Williamson doesn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Kill off the awful teachers. That's so cool. Yeah, teaching Mrs. Tingle <laughs> just transfers right into this so good um stefan uh stabs damon with the letter, letter opener and when damon stabs him back he makes the the barbados yeah. joke this is john barbados dude dick move I, is john barbados still a cool thing was it supposed to be cool when this aired at the time i probably um but i know that they did dress him in a lot of barbados so that was kind of a uh, like wardrobe made it mm. into a script a little product placement there <laughs> uh, yeah exactly they put damon in a lot of neck black t-shirts john barbados black t-shirts um damon explains that he is covering his tracks but i just wanted to let you know they caught the culprit the animal responsible for killing coach tanner and all those people what are you talking about it was a mountain lion really big one it attacked a hunter this morning it's all over the news deadly beast captured all's well in mystic falls why would you cover your tracks i've decided to stay a while and i'm just having way too much fun here with you and elena um i in my notes i said damon's hair looks a little better uh <laughs> he doesn't have the middle part that uh sam has been complaining about for four yep. episodes <laughs> they I, like I'm, heard you. <laughs> I'm starting to see the appeal <laughs> because just to get caroline caught up because she hasn't uh listened to our episodes yet uh I just didn't get like Damon is portrayed as this like sexy bad boy. Mm -hmm. And like, because of his good looks, you're supposed to maybe like, like him, even though he's like an evil dude. But like, I just couldn't get Pat. Like he had a middle part for the first three episodes. Mm. And it was just, it wasn't. Just you wait. I think his appeal grows more and more as the show goes on. I'm sure it does. But I I just, I couldn't get past that at the beginning. So do you find Ian Silverholder to be attractive, Caroline? I would say that mm, ah, in the beginning, he was not my favorite, but he grew to be. So I think it is his personality, maybe more than his looks for me. But yeah, I would say that he's yeah. objectively very attractive. I mean, you kind of have to be. That's like the price of entrance for CW shows, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sam has said, uh, playback episode uh, two for him a year from now. And he will, he's determined to say that he still hates Damon. Like, <laughs> there's no redeeming of Damon for Sam. I, so, I'm not seeing um, it. I, I know the show's going to try, but like, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't forget. They are going to do backflips to get you yep. to like Damon. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic style gymnastics to get you to like Damon. <laughs> I think his hair does look better, but it's still really mullety. It still bothers me. I still want to cut his hair. Um, so then we transition to storyline A being the brothers, I think. Um, we transition to Stefan writing in his diary. The hunter is in stable condition. The real animal is still out there waiting for me challenging me to fight back to stop him 
But how do I stop a monster without becoming one myself? Repeat, the animal terrorizing Mystic Falls has been caught. Zach comes into the house and he starts asking Damon questions. Damon does not like being questioned, so Damon chokes Zach. He's got a very short temper. Um, and this is when Zach shows Stefan the remain that he's been growing. You've been growing it. It's just something that's been passed down through the generations. Blood only runs so deep when related to vampires. Damon would kill me if he knew that I had it. But you're telling me. Why? Because I trust you. And you're going to need it if you want to get rid of him. Did you hear, Caroline, when Stefan says Vervain hasn't grown here since 1865? Damon <laughs> made sure of that. Vervain in these parts. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so confused, one, about like how he's so sure of that. But two, why Zach has stuck around this long in the first place. Like, he clearly knows that he's in danger. I'm just unsure why. Is he being forced to stay here? Like, what is his... What is his compulsion? Yeah, I don't. Well, I I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if I knew at some point, then I've forgotten now. And so, <laughs> watching this episode again, I was just like, "Why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why put yourself in that danger?" Yeah, and at this point in the season, they're still very, very slow to reveal a lot of history. Even this episode when uh later on when damon's talking to elena it's it's all very vague references um but there will be lots more history lessons on mystic falls i just at the concept that mystic falls is so isolated like oh there haven't been vampires here in many generations and everyone all the all the founding families don't don't know that there were vampires here and uh vervain like what mm -hmm. like we couldn't bring vervain in from the next county like i don't understand why they think it's so isolated and it's, like it's this little bubble i still don't get why if zach's gonna grow some as like an insurance policy grow more than like what appears <laughs> to be like you know 12 plants yeah. like you know and there's like woody plants like that like have you ever had like grown thyme at home like it's like a weed Oh yeah, that's hardy. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that Vervain is the same way. It'll just grow like a weed. Yeah. So. I mean, what do we know? But <laughs> in the, the companion guide to the Vampire Diaries, uh, Caroline bought a book called I Love You to Death. It's the unauthorized companion guide to the this. Vampire Diaries. It's so good. Wow. Um, she's actually done the research and Vervain is the the Latin scientific word is for verbena, right? So like lemon verbena is a type of vervain. Mm. and there's photos of it there that's clearly not the ravine in the shot that they show it's a different plant I, that might even just be like lavender it looked like lavender yeah i'm imagining yeah. that vervain smells really really good to us mm -hmm. and terrible to vampires mm -hmm. like i just i want to smell it though i can only imagine yeah um but the actual plant is not that pretty it's actually much more scraggly um Hmm. But it's a real, it's a real plant, um, and there is some uh, historical references to it being used um, to ward off evil spirits, etc. Oh wow! Yeah, so someone did their research. Um, so the Salvatore brothers went to the first founders party as they're getting dressed together, um, showing off their abs and their wife beaters, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, Stefan tries to poison. Damon with the vervain and uh, and fails. 
It's cool not growing old. I like being the eternal stud. Yes, being a 150-year-old teenager has been the height of my happiness. <laughs> Cracked a funny, Stefan. I should have a drink and celebrate. I admire your effort, Stefan. Pouring yourself a drink, then spiking the bottle with Vervain. I'm not some drunk sorority chick you can't roofie me, but I can't help but feel a little used. Thought we were having a moment. <sighs> have to go to the party angry. Who knows what I'll do. I think they were, he was pouring bullet bourbon. Did you see the mm. bottle? I didn't Oh, I brand. didn't see the bottle. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was a bottle of bullet. That good taste, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, when Stefan was getting dressed, this the wife beater look gave me really strong Ryan Atwood vibes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, I just, here's a bad boy who's just, you know, can't be bothered to get dressed. Yeah. Has trouble expressing emotions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wrong side of the tracks. He has a history, you know? Yeah. I loved when Damon was like, oh, I've driven you to drink. They drink so much fucking bourbon on this show that like <laughs> the fact that we're like, oh my God, Stefan's having a drink. Like by the time he finished the show, like every time, every episode I watch the show, I want to like pull out a bottle of whiskey. Um, <laughs> I'm just, conf- I'm still confused about, and I, I know we talked about this on the, the quote lost episode, but like vampires getting drunk just confuses me. But do they? Well, that's the thing. Like why? I mean, do you, I guess, do you just like the taste? I just like I I don't understand like what drives a vampire to drink because I assume that they like metabolize things a lot quicker. So what is their end goal? Yeah, with drinking and like he has a fate like Damon has a quote favorite whiskey or whatever. Yeah, and it's like how do you have a favorite whiskey? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a uh, unfounded, but yeah, vampires drink. They drink. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, <laughs> they drink a lot in this universe. Um. Uh, before the end of the season, you'll you'll see just how much they drink. Um, I mean, spoiler spoiler free. Did, like, do we see drunk vampires? <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they drink. Okay. I can imagine if it's been a long time since you had human blood, you're probably a little bit easier to get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah they they don't get like super like sci-fi style scientific about it, but they do eventually kind of reference the like bodily functions of how vampirism like works. Oh yeah. That's the good stuff. That's what we want to know. Yeah. (laughs) But they, they dole it out as it's needed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as he's getting ready, Damon picks up the picture of Catherine and, uh, I think he he references, you know, uh, Stefan was a perfect gentleman. And to me, I think what this is kind of hinting at is the the real difference between Stefan and Damon um, that hasn't been so explicitly stated yet. I think that the real difference, if you're like talking about what makes them attractive to the opposite sex or, or same sex, whatever. Um, <laughs> Stefan is really like a gentleman, right? And Damon is really like overtly sexual. And I think that's a real dichotomy that is consistent throughout uh, throughout this show from beginning to end. Um, just the way in which they interact 
with love interests. Um, Stefan is, you know, all about being proper and um, Damon is overtly sexual. Um, mm. Just a little, a little something that I'll probably reference a lot in episodes to come. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to. I want to talk more about that, but I don't want to spoil anything for Sam. <laughs> yeah, Caroline, we might need to like schedule a little half hour Future, chat. Sometime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Future episodes will reveal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's a main theme of this television show. That's how those two brothers are very different. Um, at the dance. Stefan, you know, has another trick up his sleeve. The first time he tried to ravine, Damon didn't work. And so at the dance, when Caroline asks Stefan to um, go to the dance floor, he sneaks her a drink. He uh, puts ravine in her in her glass of champagne. And when Damon, at the end of the episode, is kind of pissed because uh, Elena knows that, that Caroline has bite marks all over her, um, so Damon just decides that he's over Caroline and tries to kill her by feeding on her and, uh, <laughs> he gets knocked out and Stefan locks Damon up and his, uh, his voiceover headlines read deadly beast captured. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Caroline. The real, the real crime here are those scarves. They're just... I'm so tired of the scarves and like the little brooches that she tries to adorn them with. I it's just it looks so limiting for her outfits. So to always have to include that. I am so angry at wardrobe in season one. Every single dress that they wear to this freaking Founders Day party is terrible. Elena's dress is terrible. Caroline's dress is terrible. Mm-hmm. Vicky's dress is terrible. Jenna's dress is atrocious. Like all of them. Yeah, you know that millions, millions of teenage girls wore Elena's dress in in some color other than that one. Millions of girls wore that dress to their homecoming dance. But the fact that this is like a 21-year-old playing a teenager, like it, it they just need to pick a better style. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like they went to some discount store in some like suburban mall in Georgia and like picked up dresses for $15.99. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so it bad. makes sense for Vicky. You're trying to paint her as like wrong side of the tracks. Like, I, I don't know. But for for a founding family, come on. Yeah, it's all bad. <laughs> I also do better. The logistics of Caroline, that bite mark on the back on Caroline's back. Like how I don't I don't get it. <laughs> Like the neck I get, but the one like on her like back, yeah. the back of her shoulder, I don't understand how you feed that way. It doesn't make any sense to me. Not the best, not the best spot. I don't know. Also, can't you go for places that are less visible, like feet and stuff? Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm <laughs> questioning questioning Damon's, you know, choices, but Yeah, it's like these are just choices that makeup made that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Um Okay, so the the secondary story secondary storyline. Jesus, um, I've only had one beer today. Um, <laughs> uh, Stefan and Elena. Elena asking Stefan to the founders' party. Her loaning the family heirlooms to the founders' council for the heritage display. Um, he comes to visit, and they're like making out in her room, and it makes me really uncomfortable because like the bathroom door is open. You know, they have that Jack and Jill bathroom to to Jeremy's bedroom. And I just feel like they're very openly making out in her bedroom and it makes me really uncomfortable. Um, 
It's also weird because she was like very secretive about giving him a kiss at the like when he walked in. Yeah. And then it was like, uh, but actually, we're just going to leave all the doors open, <laughs> which I'm sure was more like a filming choice than anything that they could just like walk in, you know, but it was still very. Uh, but it still bothered me <laughs> as a yeah. viewer. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is Elena's new life without parents at home. She just doesn't have to live by too many rules, right? Yeah, I guess. And yeah, there'll be more references to Jenna's comfortableness with uh, <laughs> them having their love interests in their bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. He vamps out a little bit. He had a bit of a, a Edward Cullen moment where he's like, oh, better <laughs> better back off. It's getting a little hot and heavy. <laughs> Self-restraint. Um, Bonnie comes over <laughs> for Manny's and uh, she's just she's just dying to tell Elena uh, the secret that Caroline told her earlier. Bonnie, out with it. Okay. But it has to go in the vault because Caroline will kill me if it gets back to Damon that she squealed. Apparently, Stefan has a very interesting backstory. Uh huh. Do you know what happened with his ex girlfriend, Catherine? I know that they both dated her and that's why they have issues. Yeah, they both dated her, only she chose Damon. And that drove Stefan mad, so he did horrible things to try and break them up. He manipulated Catherine, he filled her head with all these lies until finally it worked. And she turned against Damon. That sounds like one person's side of the story, meaning Damon's. I just wanted you to know. Anyway, his past relationships are none of my business. Unless he's a calculating, manipulative liar. That is your business. Stefan is none of those things. Yeah. How do you know? She's real judgy. Mm. So judgy, mm. Bonnie. Whatever. Bonnie deserves to be judgy. Um. Yes. <laughs> Still the queen. She's yeah. a voice of reason. She is the voice of reason. Oh, Jeremy gets real upset about the the watch. Maybe Tyler took it. Don't even play that card. Jeremy, you took it. If I go online, am I going to find it on eBay? Is that how you pay for your pot? Screw you. I would never sell this, okay? Then why did you take it? Because it's supposed to be mine. Dad said it goes to the firstborn son. His father gave it to him, and now what? And he was going to give it to you. Yeah. Do you guys know the term Chekhov's gun? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Can you explain it for my benefit and probably your listeners' the, the benefit? Listeners, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Chekhov's gun is like a, a a term, a writing term, where you know they might mention the gun in the beginning of a play and then not reference it for a really long time, but then it comes back into play at the end and it actually had a lot of like relevance to the story. Mm. So there's like, you know, the red herring is the thing that's supposed to trick you and you're supposed to pay attention to this, but it's it's really the other thing, which might be the Chekhov's gun, right? Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that they use that uh, literary device a lot on this show. There's a lot of Chekhov's guns on the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> and this is a really good use of it. Um, you know, you think it's just supposed to be about uh, Jeremy wanting a connection to his father, but there's more relevance to this uh, pocket watch uh, later on. Um, Damon is telling Elena a little bit about the history of Mystic Falls. The Salvatore name is practically royalty in this town until the war. There was a, a battle here. The Battle of Willow Creek. Right. I know, we talked about it in class. Confederate soldiers fired on a church with civilians inside. What the history books left out was that the people that were killed, they weren't there by accident. They were believed to be Union sympathizers. So 
Some of the founders on the Confederacy side back then, one of them rounded up and burned alive. Stefan and Damon had someone they loved very much in that church. And when they went to rescue them, they were shot, murdered in cold blood. Who was in the church that they wanted to save? A woman, I guess. Doesn't it always come down to the love of a woman? Just the little miniature of the church cracks me up. <laughs> like, like uh, who built that? I don't understand. I don't... I don't get it. I don't get it. And also, how how was the, yeah, how was how was that like that such a significant event that the Founders Party has like a thing about it? But in episode I think two, like the jackass coach slash teacher like doesn't remember that part of the story, right? Where Stefan has to explain to him like, no, there were a bunch of civilian deaths in this battle, and seemingly like the Founders Party like is aware of that, which is why they have the model. I don't know. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah. I guess I'm glad that he died. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> was he a founding family member, the coach? No, but he was a, well, I don't know, maybe. He was a history teacher, though, so, like, oh, come on. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah. Come on. And they're very focused so. on local history on the show, so. Yeah. Yeah. As is, you know, most uh, rural uh, Virginia. <laughs> it was about states' rights. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys learned a lot about the Battle of Bull Run growing up. Right. Oh yeah. Everything in Manassas. We used to, yeah, we used to like camp there in like Boy Scouts and stuff. Yeah, we talk a lot about uh, Northern Virginia versus Central Virginia. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so this is all taking place in Central Virginia, right? Are we saying that Mystic Falls is somewhere near Richmond? Yeah, I I think that um, the way or I kind Shenandoah. of envision it is that like it's like so in the books. The town is called Fells Church, which I think is hilarious. Uh. Um, so to me, it's like if you picked up Falls Church, right? Because mm-hmm. the town, like like the town of Falls Church, like kind of the older federal style, colonial style buildings, right? Um, but you made it a little bit more like suburban and you picked it up and moved it to central Virginia. That's how I kind of think of Mystic mm. Falls, right? Okay. Yeah. Obviously, Falls Church is much more populated, it being like a DC suburb and all. But um, yeah, I yeah. think that that's how I think of it. Or like if you picked up Leesburg and you moved it into, you know, further south, um, that's yeah. what I think of Mystic Falls as. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've told we've told Hannah that this is a Northern Virginia, Central Virginia hyper local podcast. <laughs> so we're gonna make a lot of references to you know Leesburg Pike and uh, you know. Well, she has a lot to learn. Yeah. 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 So as Damon is telling the story about Catherine and Elena had gotten a little bit of a input from Bonnie, I think she's starting to realize that she doesn't know anything about Stefan. Um, and so she, you know, as they're dancing, she asks him to open up about himself a little bit. So tell me about her. What happened? Not something I like to talk about. I get that. I do. I just want you to know that you can. I mean, I burden you with all of my drama, and I want you to do the same. Um, Thank you. The truth is, Stefan, 
I don't really know that much about you, and I'd really love it if you would open up to me. Damon said something, didn't he? He likes to play games and cause trouble, Elena. This isn't about Damon. It's about me trying to get to know you. Look, you're the mystery guy, and I like that. But with mystery comes secrets and this thing with Catherine. No, let it go. I, I don't want to talk about it. Well, then say something about yourself, anything. Otherwise, I'm left with nothing but what other people tell me. Don't you see what Damon has done here? He's trying to get you to turn against me. Well, then I guess it's working. And Stefan is the worst liar on the planet. Like, I don't understand how... <laughs> so bad. How he... Like, I'm not, you know, advocating for people brushing up on their, like, lying skills, but, like, I could have talked my way around this. I don't understand why he... Why he can't just um, skirt the issue a little better. Um, but Elena gets pissed. <laughs> he just needs... He needs to learn how, and you know, I hesitate to talk about this too much in front of Caroline, but uh, he needs to learn how to de-escalate, you know? Like, oh. that's a key relationship skill is de-escalating. Oh. And he's just so bad at it because he just answers a question with another question or like a overtly vague thing. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, that's not going to, that's not going <laughs> to. Let's play this out. What yeah. is the next thing that's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, like that, you're not going to sate her curiousness <laughs> with some bullshit like you don't need to know like that's come on. <laughs> that's gonna make me want to know even more yeah that's have you ever me. have you ever spoken to anyone yeah i mean how long have you been living and how many successful relationships have you had in that time maybe yeah. it's you know time to think about that <laughs> yeah. i'm working on it is another just terrible line like oh i'm working on it that's, <laughs> that's what he says about damon yeah i'm sorry I take it all back. You're completely right about Damon. Uh, what did he do? There are bruises all over Caroline's body. Bite marks. And he has her all confused and messed up in the head. You don't look surprised. Um, I'm handling it. Handling it? Stefan, you should be having him arrested. Elena, please. I. I don't expect you to understand. I don't understand anything, Stefan. So why don't you just clear it up for me? Look, there are things that you don't know, okay? Things that I want to tell you, but I can't. And I may never be able to. And I just need you to trust me. Trust is earned. I can't just magically hand it over. He's like, I, I got a plan. It's like, well, okay, well, what's your plan? You know, there, there's a very easy follow-up question to that. And like, she's got bite marks on her. What do you mean you're working yeah. on it? Yeah. The, <laughs> the lack of just, you know, I don't know. He doesn't even respect Elena enough in this moment to give her like a, a fake explanation. You know, you exactly. could get, you could give something yeah, <sighs> I know. It's so frustrating. So yeah, so jumping ahead after Elena sees the bite marks all over uh, Caroline, she uh, goes straight up to Damon. There is something seriously wrong with you. You stay away from Caroline or I will go straight to her mother, the sheriff. Got it? Stay away from her. And the, the idea of if you don't stay away from Caroline, I'm going to go straight to her mother, the sheriff. Like, why aren't you just going straight to her mother, the sheriff? <laughs> <laughs> I know there's so much loyalty here 
already? Like, I don't know. I just, I, this is your best friend who you've known for a long time. Yeah, and those bite marks are disgusting. Like, it, like they're clearly <laughs> they clearly wounds. look infected. Yeah, <laughs> they clearly puncture wounds. <laughs> like, I don't understand why you wouldn't just go like the. I I understand that we have to suspend our disbelief, but it's a little it's a little much for me. Um, and then yeah, so she goes to Stefan. She she almost gives him an out, but then yeah, again, Stefan still is the worst liar. He doesn't even bother to feign surprise. So Elena is still pissed and kind of walks away. Um, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> uh, they'll make up soon. Don't worry about it. Um, uh, so the C storyline, Damon and Caroline. Um, uh, uh, so co-host Caroline, not Caroline Forbes. You, Caroline. Um, <laughs> last episode, we talked a lot about... Um, my uh it was it was a real struggle for me to get through the episode where damon goes home with caroline they have sex he bites her he is compelling her um and the general uh discord on the internet there's two camps that are very very far away from each other um one camp who is really really anti-damon because uh Damon is raping Caroline, right? Yes. Compelling her. Yes. And raping her. Other camp, Damon is compelling her to feed, not for sex. Mm. I am Switzerland. I am just going with what the writers are writing. I don't like that there is this uh, contention, um, but curious about your thoughts. I, uh, oh, this is so hard. What's, what's, hard for me to understand is how much of this she is actually aware of happening. Not that that makes any difference about whether it's right or wrong, but there are these moments when she is like hiding her bite, her bite marks from Elena. And you're not sure like if she even knows how they happened or if she's so, I don't know. And the moments when her, when Caroline and Damon are together, like in her bedroom and she asks him, are you going to kill me? And he says, yes, but not yet or something to that effect. Like, is, is she aware in that moment of what's happening or is her brain totally shut off by the compulsion? Like, I, I just don't know how far it goes and how much she actually remembers from these times spent like with him alone. Um, is hard for me. And it, but I think that kind of makes a difference um, yeah. how aware she is of it all, because you know that she is probably interested in him outside of this. Yeah. Um, and interested in a relationship. It's just like, how much of it is she aware of at the time? Yeah. So in episode three, um, they were very, uh, they did not provide a lot of clarification on how Damon was compelling her, whether he was compelling her to just completely forget everything that happened or compelling her just to keep his secret or compelling mm -hmm. her to just be okay with everything. I think in this episode, um, and, and we, so whether he was compelling her to forget or not, I think dictated whether she knows he's a vampire in the beginning of this episode. I think that they are being more clear with the audience that 
Caroline does know that he's a vampire, but she's being compelled to keep his secret and she's being compelled mm. to be okay with the fact that he's feeding on her. Mm-hmm. So I think they actually did that show, not tell right in the beginning where, mm. where she's getting dressed and, and he's like, you know, she's like, why, why, why am I not turning into a vampire? You, you bit me, you know? And he very mm-hmm. cursorily explains like, uh, you know, they, they don't go through a whole lot of like lore to explain <laughs> how you become a vampire. He just says, uh, you have to have my blood in your system and then you die and then you come back and you got to feed in human blood. It's a whole ordeal. Like he says it in like five yeah. seconds. Yeah. The exposition there is so fast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're not going to dwell on this. That's the lore over and done with. Um, but I think it's the first time that they're a little more clear with the audience um, on how he's compelling her. So she knows mm. that he's a vampire and that he's feeding on her and she's being compelled to be not scared. Do we think that she's into him? Yeah. Like separate so. from the very messed up power dynamic that's here. Yeah. And I think again, part of the, the uh, controversy around um, the levels of abuse that Damon is putting upon Caroline um, is the fact that uh she she is interested in him but would not be okay with the physical violence against her the 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 feeding against her Mm. um but she's being compelled to be okay with it um and again i Mm. think part of the controversy too is it's a vampire show you expect violence but the sexual violence is harder for people to swallow especially because it's a teen show um yeah and that they're in a relationship and this isn't a stranger vampire. It's happening repeatedly um, makes it different for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But like, would you let your crush feed on you? Right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> this will be a theme that will be explored in future seasons too. Um, <laughs> um, I like that he's reading uh, Twilight and he's like, Reading oh, Twilight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He says, I miss Anne Rice. She really, she really knew what was going on. Um, uh, I, I said last time we, we talked about this episode that I am convinced that he's reading Eclipse because ah. he talks about Edward being whipped. Um, she says, you have to start from the first book. So he's not reading Twilight. Edward's barely in New Moon. Mm. And from the size of the book, Breaking Dawn is far bigger. <laughs> Breaking Dawn is like really, really long. So I am convinced that he's reading Eclipse for some reason. Um, I love the amount of attention that you've paid to this detail. I've watched the show Um, so many times. It's definitely important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Caroline and Bonnie at the grill. Bonnie's pissed. She doesn't have a date. Um, She's still freaked out about her Tanner prediction. And um, Caroline, you know, is very clearly trying to tell Bonnie a secret. Damon's not dangerous. You know, he just has a lot of issues with his brother. You know, like major deep-rooted trauma. Like? I'm not really supposed to say anything. Caroline Forbes, when have you ever kept a secret in your life? Okay. But you can't tell Elena. No. But really wants this <laughs> chain of secret to get to... Uh, Elena, Caroline's a really good manipulator. Stephanie needs to hang out with Caroline. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she set it up so perfectly. She does exactly what Damon wants her to do and does it with skill. 
She's so good. Mm. Yeah. I really appreciate Caroline's uh, manipulation. Yeah. You do have to admire that. Yeah. You know, I like to think that I am not that manipulative, but I I clearly saw what she was doing there. It was good. Um, (laughs) We meet Sheriff Forbes, Caroline's mother. Um, We also learn that very subtly that her father is gay. Really? You couldn't even change out a badge for this? I'm working, honey. Who's the date you just tried to sneak past me? Just some guy. A little old for you, don't you think? Oh, because otherwise you'd approve. Yeah, I doubt that. Where's your dad? Memphis. Good. With Steven. This is the first time they reference that. Did you pick that up, Sam? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I am interested. I assume they explore that further in, mm-hmm. the, in the show. But uh, I thought that was very interesting. And... I mean, just stereotypically, like her mom being this kind of, uh, you know, masculine figure in the sheriff outfit. Like, I feel like just that whole family dynamic, I'm interested in seeing kind of unpacked a little bit more. I I assume it helps explain why Caroline is the way she is a little bit. Yeah, this this episode really uh, opens up the universe a little bit. We're really only paying attention to the teenagers up until this point. And now we're, we're meeting more of the parents. We meet... Sheriff, yeah. mm-hmm. Sheriff Forbes. Um, and I guess this is one of those towns where jobs get passed down through the family because uh, <laughs> on the original registry, it's it's still a Sheriff Forbes. Um, it's oh still Mayor Lockwood. Still like, Mayor Lockwood. Yeah. yeah. There's no democracy in. in it's a birthright the, thing, yeah. I think. It, sheriff <laughs> Divine is, right of mayor. Exactly. The sheriff position is not an elected position in Mr. Falls, I guess. <laughs> So Car- Caroline must just be pissed that she's going to have to be the uh, mayor or the, the sheriff, sheriff next time. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine Caroline going into like school to, to be law enforcement? <laughs> yeah. Harass a min- minority or something like that. <laughs> uh, Damon is so mean to Caroline. They look so cute together. Don't talk, please. So rude. Oh. He's really going to regret that as time goes on. She's so sweet. How can you be so mean to her? Yeah. She's really trash. Yeah. Um, he gets that yellow crystal out of the box in the heritage display. Um, it seems like a whole lot of rigmarole just for getting that crystal. I mean, I guess he had to get in the house. Yeah, he needed to be invited in, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like they pay special attention to both him and Stefan getting invited in like one by one. Yeah. Um, So I guess that kind of explains that, Mm. but it still feels like something like, I don't know. I, I I feel like there would be an easier way to do that than go during a big party, but yeah, a lot of hoops that they force us to jump through for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, when Damon tries to, kill Caroline at the end by feeding on her, but unknowingly she has vervain in her system. Um, she finds a crystal and, and picks it up, puts it in her purse before she breaks down crying to Elena. I feel so bad for Caroline at this point oh, in the story. I know. I know. So abused. Um, Jenna and Logan were really funny. Uh, Logan is so smarmy. <laughs> I hate him. I hate him so much. As much as the girls' outfits are bad, like someone must have really hated Logan to put him in so many ill-fitting suits yeah. too. Like it just stands out as ugh. 
and like a red red shirt. It does him no favors. Yeah. yeah, he's already a gross character, but you know the outfits on top of it. Yeah. I, I loved her uh, her line. Uh, Your hairline's receding. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, oh, I'm, I'm meaner now. It's like, oh, God, I, I never have the balls to say mean things like that to someone's face. <laughs> and I I feel like I need to pick up some tips from Jenna because it's like perfect timing. Um, oh, man. We learned that he must have cheated on her sometime after after high school and college. Her name was Monica, right? Um, and he just repeatedly, repeatedly is approaching her at this party. And Jenna's just trying to get drunk every time we see her. She's like <laughs> at the bar trying to get another cocktail, trying to get another glass of Chardonnay. And uh, does she have to be herself. there? Like, why is she there? You know, I mean, I guess founding family. She's she's not. I don't know if the Summers is we're founding family, but I guess her sister married into a founding oh. family at the least. And um, so she's now the guardian of two kids who are founding families. I don't know if they ever did like disclose whether Jenna Summers, the Summers is our founding family or not. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But Logan eventually convinces Jenna to agree to go to lunch, bribing her with cheese fries. (laughs) I hate, I hate that whole storyline. I just like, it just, it's like the persistence thing of like, if I ask someone enough times, then eventually they'll say yes because I've just broken their will to live or something like that. <laughs> like Jenna's so cute. I, just, I hate the lesson that you get out of that. <laughs> she does not need to be this desperate. I don't get it. I get it's a small town, but you yeah. do not need to be this desperate. Yeah, I guess she feels like she doesn't have a lot of options in this yeah. town, but... But she only needs to be in this town for like, I don't know, three more years. Like what's Jeremy, a sophomore? Like just <laughs> yeah. get him to graduation. <laughs> yeah. Finish your dissertation or whatever you're working on, you know, wait it out, you know? Jenna. Do better, do better. Um, Carol Lockwood um, is really after this pocket watch. Jeremy uh, tried to take it. It doesn't end up at the heritage display. Um, We learned that Tyler's father is the mayor this episode. Um, and when and if we do go to Covington, Georgia for a tour, um, the Lockwood Mansion has been turned oh into God. a hotel. We can stay at the a Lockwood Mansion. Oh. So we can stay there? Yep. Oh, oh hell yeah. Honestly, yep. would rather stay at the Salvatore House than the Lockwood Mansion. If I compare them side by side, like I, it's more my style, but I, I would accept the Lockwood Mansion if that was the only option. I, I would I, do afternoon tea in the Lockwood Mansion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So maybe we'll maybe we'll get to do that sometime. I think there's some YouTube videos of like people going to do the tour and staying, and <laughs> they like theme all the bedrooms and stuff. Oh um, my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyler is still the worst, and he really does treat Vicky like trash. Ugh, and his mom is awful. I know. Yeah, I think this episode we're supposed to believe that we can blame Tyler's parents for him being a dick, I guess. Right? He doesn't get off that easy. I don't think so either, but I think that's where we're trying, what the writers are trying to do is to uh, explain that he wasn't necessarily trying to not uh, have Vicky interact with his parents because he was ashamed of her, but more because he knows how his parents are going to react to her. 
right? To protect her. Yeah. yeah. But whatever. He's still the worst. Um, <laughs> and then, so, Vicky shows up at the Gilbert house later on, and I guess she's just decided that Jeremy's the better, more willing option. <laughs> but he's 15! <laughs> like, uh, he's so he's so young. I understand why she's so uncomfortable about being involved with him, and I just think, like, he's 15. I... Ugh, so gross. And I think the the final bit that had some relevance in this episode was was Bonnie. Um, she oh. sees Carol being mean to the help. She had lit a candle with her powers. It's the first time you kind of see Bonnie with a little bit of magic. And then later on in the dining room, she lights up every candle in the room. So uh, to, to glorious music. Yeah, the swelling <laughs> strings in the background. Um, yes. Yeah, Bonnie's got some juice. Um, so oh, we'll- poor poor Bon Bon though, like alone for so much of this. I I have to wonder if you put together a super cut of like all of the all of her appearances in this episode, how much of it would just be her sitting alone, standing alone somewhere, staring at an unlit candle, yeah, like just again and again, <laughs> yeah, in different contexts. Why doesn't she just stand with Jenna? I feel like they're too like bo- they could be allies. Yeah, they they're just they're there to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, is Bonnie's family a founding family? Mm, I don't know. Like, why is she? Why is she? At, I mean, maybe she is, but it like isn't her history like her family's from Salem? So, it's, I mean, I guess that would predate the founding. I don't. I don't know. It just seems like something that it's They've like definitely been there for a long time. Okay, yeah. maybe maybe the the show unpacks it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I know. Um, but she clearly doesn't know anything else. <laughs> Yeah, like I know you don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Thank you. <laughs> How well, hard is it to keep our these listeners. secrets when he asks questions like that? It's How so hard, hard is it for you to not give things oh, away? Yeah, no, it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it's fine. Um, yeah, you're you're asking all the right questions, Sam. Thank you. I'm very observant. <laughs> yeah, that's how I that's how I have to like lead through. Yes, that that's a question. That is a question. Yeah. Good question. Let's keep wondering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then the big reveal at the end, the Founders Council actually really wants that Gilbert watch. And um, we find out that the Founders Council is very much aware of vampires and know that there are vampires in Mystic Falls again. Um, this includes the Lockwoods, Sheriff Forbes, and Logan Fell. That's who we know is on the Founders Council. So, again, the world is opening up a little bit. Um, uh, the secret is opened up a little bit. All right. That is the episode. Did you guys have any um, other random thoughts as you were watching that we didn't cover? Hmm. So this is meant to be, like, the, the mayor's residence where this party takes place? Mm-hmm. I was struck by the bathroom. Like you have a bathroom in your house that is for multiple people. Is that just because they hold events all the time? Or like what kind of layout are we imagining here? That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's the scene where Elena and Caroline are, are like kind of washing up together. Yeah. And I'm just like, what space are you in in someone's home where yeah. you're, I don't know. That was impressive to me. Yeah. But I guess now we know that it's a hotel. That makes a little more sense. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, at some point it was like a inn, you know, and it's a big enough building that it's the mayor's residence and they do hold events and stuff like that there. Um, Tyler does reference, you know, yeah, if you like living in a museum. Mm. So. Poor Tyler. Nobody feels bad for you. Nobody feels bad for you. Your life is not sad. Um. I the episode title for this is Family Ties. I think that uh, the the theme it's more than just the fact that we're meeting the parents, but um, you know, in the TV show Family Ties, Alex P. Keaton was the Republican teenager with the hippie parents, right? And uh, showing contrast between uh, generations can be very different. And so, how do these kids kind of relate to their parents? And Caroline does not have a clear open line of communication with her mother, obviously does not get along with her mom. Uh, Tyler does not get along with his parents. And um, so generational differences, I think is what they're kind of alluding to with the episode title. They actually are pretty thoughtful about their episode titles. Uh, hmm. I'll try to reference that a lot. Friday night bites wasn't all that yeah. pith- Friday night bites was just pithy, but um, I think they <laughs> yeah. were, they were uh, being a little bit more introspective on the themes of this episode. Hmm. A couple lines that I, I I liked were one was I think it was Damon's line of "You're dead, dude. Get over it." Yeah, that was <laughs> I thought that was like a clever line. Like that almost made I was like, okay, like I I see the appeal of Damon in, in that line. You know, he doesn't take it seriously. And then my other favorite line was uh, Jeremy's where he's responding to Tyler. <laughs> I'm here for my mom. I'm supposed to pick up a box right here. Please be careful. Yeah, be careful with it, dick. Hey, not now, okay, guys, please? I'm fine, it's just being a punk. I got you, punk. That, to me, <laughs> is such a great 15-year... Like, <laughs> he's not written like a 15-year-old in most of the show. Like, he's clearly 25 or whatever he is. But, like, in that, I'm like, yes, like, that is something I would say when I was angry at 15 and then a week later be like... Oh fuck! I I had a better line than that, you know. <laughs> the uh, the post cringe. Yeah, yeah. In the shower, you know, recreating the conversation. Yeah. So. Yeah. Next time. I thought that was true to true to life. <laughs> yeah, I think they do give Damon a lot of the funny one liners. Like, uh, whenever Kurt laughs at this show. It's because of something Damon says. It's a it's a Damon line. Yeah. yeah. That's the only time Kurt ever laughs. I was going to say, I feel like he's the best written character from like a three-dimensional, like I, he's, he's supposed to be bad, but like they're trying to humanize him. So they at least have like a couple dimensions to him. Whereas yeah. everyone else is like, I'm a sad, serious vampire. I'm a <laughs> lonely, you know, high school girl i'm a ditzy <laughs> high school girl like at least damon has like a little bit of depth which i could see he's he seems so self-aware too as opposed to his brother who will like uh, sometimes Stefan will slip into these very old timey phrases and you're like oh yeah you've you've been around for a really long time whereas damon is like with it he's yeah. very like on top of I don't know. He watches a lot. He watches a lot of sitcoms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there are times when Stefan talks, and you're just like, "How? You know how old you sound yeah. when you say that? When you, you know, you go into this language that just kind of like, I don't know. He's an old soul. He is an old soul. He acts like it. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, and it's not this episode, but um, it says BT dubs. That means, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> like Make everyone young. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I just appreciate his uh, his dialogue. He's really funny. Um, Hannah's not amused, by the way, <laughs> ever. <laughs> she does not yeah. think Damon is funny or redeemable in any way, shape, or form. But Hannah, we miss you. Well, let me let me clear it up. I don't find him redeemable. I just think he gets the best lines. Yeah. So. Um, I visited fanforum.com or whatever the 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 main fan forum uh, message board where people were talking uh, back in 2009. And the one uh, post that I thought was funny was uh, a user named Carter T said, LOL, I thought Zach was showing Stefan that he was growing weed. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Carter T. Oh my God. I mean, definitely the grow lights in that room looked very much like that kind of setup. Yeah. Um, But yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i guess in 2020 when like you're legally allowed to grow weed in dc um that yeah. a lot a lot more people might uh, assume that while they're watching the show on netflix true <laughs> yeah i don't think i knew what a grow light was in 2009 so you know i probably wouldn't have had that thought oh you yeah. didn't watch weeds no. i feel like i watched weeds around this time too and i mean that teaches you so much but also a fantastic show so good i loved weeds yeah, I definitely knew what a grow light was in 2009, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only one. It's okay. <laughs> I was really cool in high school. I was really cool. I'm like a million years older than you guys, so there's that, too. <laughs> um, okay, any future predictions um, of things that... Uh, Storylines as you're seeing them develop, do you have any predictions for Bonnie, for Caroline, for Elena... No, I mean, I guess this is up to me since I'm the only one that's watched, not watched the show. Um, I am interested, and I think I mentioned this on our last recording, but like, I'm interested to hear more about Damon and Stefan over the years. Because like, Damon mentions that Stefan goes to Har- went to Harvard in like the 70s, and I would love to see like a episode flashback where like he's got um, you know. He's got like some flow and he's bell bottoms. Yeah, and I mean, if he, sort of if he's already had so much education. I mean, he, he's obviously been around for a while, but like how annoying must it be to do high school homework again? Yeah. Do you think he's really doing the homework? I mean, I assume so, but I don't know. I don't think he's doing homework. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see, I definitely want to see that relationship explored and then i want to know more about i mean i I think they're like building towards it but the whole like whatever happened in 1865 to Catherine or to you know all that stuff like i feel like they're 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 giving you a little bit and i'm i'm taking the bait so i want to know more about that yeah Yeah, i'm excited for them i mean without giving anything away and i don't think this does i'm excited for them to get into more of the nuance of who is a good character and an evil character because in the beginning they're laying groundwork and you think you know who you're going to be rooting for but i think that evolves as the show goes on in really interesting ways yeah I can't remember when I mentioned it, if it was when we were recording this episode or when we were recording episode three, but um, in Love You to Death, the unofficial companion to the Vampire Diaries, uh, the writer, Chrissy Calhoun, she she 
breaks down every episode very similar to this. It's just in book form rather than podcast format. And uh, she section, you know, she has different sections for every episode. And one of the sections that she does every episode is the diabolical plan. And uh, for the benefit of the viewer kind of explains, you know, what is the, the point of what's going on with the council? What's going on with Damon's plan? Um, and, and slowly, you know, keeps track of, all of the, mm. the the mystery of the storylines. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, this episode, we, we learn about the Founders Council. We know that Damon has some other purpose for being in town. We just don't know what it is yet. Um, and so they'll, they very intentionally, every episode will, will let a little bit of that drop. Um, and I think this is the first episode of season one where you kind of see, again, that, that world opening up and there there is some, storyline happening in the background that uh is slowly being doled out to us so mm. yeah um okay who wins and who sucks mm, so what happens here do we evaluate different characters we, we, we pick a winner and a sucker uh <laughs> people that, that are good that you liked this episode that i mean and then like people that you just hated this episode uh tyler's mom carol Carol. That's her name. Just irredeemable. Sucks. Yeah. Uh, Damon sucks. You gotta pick one. Oh, there's only one. It's one and one. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um. Sam had a problem with this the first episode. <laughs> Damon sucks yeah. the most. Yeah. Um, I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Um. And then who wins? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I. I mean. I think. I think Caroline wins because she's just surviving. Like she is making it through mm-hmm. <laughs> and still, you know, coming out with her herself. I don't know. I, I, I'm excited that she is getting through this part of the story. No, I, I can't give anything away. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> really struggling uh, not to give anything away, but uh, that, you know, she is still surviving despite mm-hmm. it all. That's great. Caroline and Damon. Yeah. I think my sucks and wins uh, right now, like Stefan just sucked this episode. And I know he kind of won in the sense that like he enacted his plan and, you know, he, he got Damon in the room with the Vervain, which I still think is a stupid idea, like to put the guy in the room with the Vervain. If it's the only Vervain you have, like he could just tear it apart, like knock over the lamp, like... Put him in a room next to it or something. I don't know. Anyway, I, w- I went on a rant in the last episode about that. But um, but still, like, even though he won that part of it, like, he just he's he's a terrible liar. He's he's he seems to be doing irredeemable irredeemable damage to his relationship with Elena, and she like clearly doesn't trust him, and he's just bad at deflecting. Um, but then on the other hand, I feel like Elena was the one that won in that she was like a really good friend to Caroline. Like she believed her even when she was trying to like, you know, play it down. Yeah. And then she like immediately confronts Damon, which like, yeah, I think maybe is probably like not a wise decision. <laughs> uh, maybe bring it to the sheriff. But also like I'm sure Caroline would be like pissed if you like brought it up with her mom or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think she like has the good instincts and she has a great line like uh, 
trust is earned like that. I feel like is a good line uh, when she's arguing with Stefan. So those are my winner and losers. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think Elena wins this episode. I think she, uh, she's got this huge crush on this guy. Right. But also he's being weird and evasive and she's like, well, no. Right. (laughs) Not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Like she's going to walk away when she's pissed and, um, you know, yeah, she's making the bad judgment call by not going to Caroline's mom. Um, but 16 year olds are dumb, you know, they make bad decisions all the time. Um, uh, not really, you know, paying attention to correct standards of safety. Um, <laughs> but I think that when it comes to um, interacting with, with Stefan and Damon, she's, you know, holding her ground. So good for her. Um, yeah, Damon sucks, you know. Um, I, I think that, uh, yeah, he's, he's just at this point, he is an evil character, right? He's, he's, he's a bad guy. Um, and I think that, uh, while, you know, I think in episode one, I said, you know, there are a lot of question marks around Damon and no question marks around Tyler, right? Uh, (laughs) the writers are finally putting some question marks around Tyler and removing question marks from Damon, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I think at this point, it's just like, uh, this whole this whole bit with Caroline is just the worst for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and does this suck? Does this episode suck, uh, Caroline? We've been rating the episodes uh, on a scale of ten. What would you rate this episode? Is ten? Yes, it really ten's, sucks. No, ten's the best. Ten's great. Ten's yeah, great. It's like IMDb or whatever. Mm. I think this episode's a five. I don't know. I needed more to be happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think I'm a little frustrated with some of the characters and how they're, uh, you know, it's hard in the beginning because they're just, they're learning all of these things for the first time and we're getting so much exposition um, into the history of the town, but I I want them to start realizing things faster. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, rewatching like this and doing it week to week and uh, having extended periods of time in between talking about the episodes for the purposes of this podcast, it drives me crazy <laughs> how slow it is. It's driving me a little nutty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's more a function of having watched it already and knowing what is going to happen that if I were watching this for the first time, I, I might have a different opinion. What do you think, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I think with the context of the sh- obviously not having seen anything else, this I feel like is the most that happens in an episode. Oh, like you, okay. you meet the, you meet a good number of characters. You meet like Tyler's family. Uh, you meet uh, Caroline's mom and um, uh, a few other like Logan and, and and that sort of thing. So I feel like a lot happens in this episode compared to the first three. So mm-hmm. I mean, I I think I. I I, I rate it like an eight only because like you get a lot of that context. I'm sure as the show goes on, like it won't be as significant, but like for now I, I, I definitely, mm. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the pacing of the episode. I enjoyed how they were like, I, I liked the cliffhanger at the end. Like that was very, that was like the first time I've watching so far that I was like, I need, like, I want to watch the next episode right now. Yeah. That's such a good feeling. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, I gave this episode an eight as well. And Caroline, full like uh, d- 
disclosure, it's it's so hard to rate these episodes <laughs> with just the context of what we've seen so far and to not rate like in the grand universe of, you know, the full length, full run of the show. Um, but I'm, I'm trying. I don't know how well I'm doing. Um, yeah, I, you know, episodes one and two was just all scene setting and character setting. Um, episode three was just funny because it was like let's make a football episode and kill the coach and then we don't have to do football ever again <laughs> um and it's it's there just hasn't been any plot development literally until this episode um and the show is so like complex and the storylines get so intricate and um mm -hmm. and i think that there will come a point in this season where it's like super super action-packed and like we're just not there yet <laughs> <laughs> You know, you guys are kind of, you're kind of swaying me. I might bump mine up to a six or seven only because of the moment when you learn about the founding family's council. Like I, I forgot how critical that was just to understand that they knew what was going on and they weren't just, you know, completely oblivious to all this vampire stuff. Like they actually believe that vampires are real which is contradictory to what, you know, they're telling their kids. Um, and I forgot that that was such a, a critical moment of like, oh my God, there are other, there are other people trying to fight vampires in this. And like, there's more that we have to learn um, from some of the older generations that like the, the teenagers don't know about yet. I, mm -hmm. And I found that really compelling the first time that I watched. Yeah. And if you notice in the room, it's the mayor, the sheriff and the news reporter. Right. So these mm -hmm. are the people who are disseminating information to the public and are covering yes. up how people are dying. And so um, Logan being the local newscaster, um, I think, is a strategic move that I thought was I thought was good um, and is, is relevant. Um, so, yeah, I think they're they're finally like. I'm imagining the writers like in front of a huge whiteboard in the writer's room <laughs> and like starting to like put this web together um, mm -hmm. that by the end, you know, and even season one, like it's not nearly as complicated as season three. Right. Um, <laughs> but by the end of season one, you'll see like the writers did have like this crazy diagram that they are slowly, slowly, like we're starting to see how this tangled web of the vampire diaries will. Yeah. yeah. Everybody gives so much credit to the writer's room on like lost, but nobody gives that credit to the writer's room <laughs> on vampire diaries. And really it's just as complex. Like there, there are a lot of moving pieces here. They are pulling a lot of strings. And I hated lost. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> when Kurt and I met, you know, when you, when you, you find your partner, um, one of the first things you do is like exchange a TV show, right? Like this is a thing, <laughs> right? Like, Oh, my favorite TV show. Was um, this. That's really hard to get Sam to do any, any shows, but <laughs> I mean, you're having more success than I've had. No, Kurt doesn't watch the vampire diaries. If I asked him to guest host on the show, he, he actually like offered now that Hannah's, uh, kind of, for an indefinite period of time, not going to be able to record with us. Um, he said, you know, I'll do an episode. And I was like, you don't like the show. I don't know why you would want to do that. <laughs> um, and he knows more like, you know, definitely same situation where Sam has been in the room while you, Caroline, were, were watching the TV mm -hmm. show. But Sam's like, I don't know anyone's names. I couldn't tell you what happened with any. I don't I know nothing. Yeah. Um, Kurt at least does know like some storyline. Um, so I don't think it would. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll do it. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't enjoy it. He just thinks Damon's funny. Um, but yeah, when Kurt and I first met, uh, the TV shows that we exchanged, he said, I'll watch 
24 if you watch Lost. And we get to the end of Lost and, you know, I, I think historically one of the worst endings of television in history. And I was like mad at him. I was like, why would you make me watch the show knowing how it ended? Like, I feel bad for people who are watching that show live, but like, you're going to make me watch the show knowing how the show ended. I was like, I just thought it was rude. Make me watch Lost. Um, <laughs> also featuring featuring uh, Ian Summerholder. Oh, I know. that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Didn't even make that connection. There's another podcast that uh, they ended in season three of the vampire diaries. It's called undeclared. Um, I listened all the way through their podcast over the last couple of months. Um, One of the co-hosts ended up being sick and they ended the show um, at season three, but they had like a network. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but they they had they were part of a network of recap TV shows, um, and uh, they also covered Lost. I think they did Vampire Diaries yeah. because they covered Lost and were fans of Ian Somerhalder. Um, so they had mm. lots of yeah, they had lots of opinions. Um, I'm planning on getting in touch with them see if we can do some cross uh, show hosting yeah. at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, and in relation to our ratings, uh, TV.com rated this episode a 7.7, and IMDb Mm. rated this episode an 8.1. I'm trying to Mm. do a little bit of, like, analysis. I don't understand how or why the demographics of these two uh, websites are so different, because oftentimes, (laughs) if one rates an episode low against the season average the other one will go high and then they'll they'll switch like there's no consistency between the two and i, I just don't understand if, if there like a, an age difference between imdb users and tv.com users um i can't hmm. quite figure it out maybe i'll have an opinion by the in four years when we end the show um, <laughs> <laughs> um i did take a look at a uh, archive of their own uh, looking for some more fanfic that came out the week of this show airing and it's still all incest smut <laughs> which makes me really <laughs> uncomfortable i don't i don't know if i can really tweet it out i i, I don't think that i i don't think that i can and wait I, between the salvatore brothers yes it's all salvatore brother incest smut at this point uh, in history yeah and as the as the show goes on um there's a lot more uh like it 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 opens up right there's a lot more relationship uh fanfics that happen um and mm-hmm. even like like slash fix that are not um, like established relationships on the show. Uh, there's a lot of writers who were like, oh, I'd like this character pair, paired with that one. And so uh, the universes uh, change a lot in the fanfic world from from what I've seen. I haven't I haven't really read any, but I've been like looking at the tags and stuff. Um, it it evolves a lot over time um, as the show goes on. But at this point in history, episode four is like all Salvatore brother incest, but. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every episode involves one or the other with their shirt off. So like, yeah, there's a know. little bit of sexual tension there, maybe yeah. unexplored, um, you know, lack of clear communication. There's all kinds of problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of tension, a lot of tension. And I guess people, people fired on that. So funny. Um, 
<laughs> okay. I I think we we did it, unless y'all had anything else to mention. No, this was a really fun episode to watch. Thanks for letting me guest speak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um while we're, you know, socially isolating, socially distancing, um, we'll we'll see when we get Hannah back, but um Apparently you're hanging out at Sam, so maybe we're going to need you back in an episode or two. I think Jackie's going to do the next one um, with us, um, but we might need you back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm definitely around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. The next episode is called... Oh, next episode is called You're Undead to Me. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really hint at very much going on next week, but Sam, get to watch it. <laughs> all right we'll do what else you got to do with your time <laughs> yeah yeah i'll watch it six times yeah. <laughs> and uh i'll i'll text you we'll figure out our next recording time my schedule is wide open so i i could record tomorrow if you wanted i don't give a shit um <laughs> yeah uh historically up till now i have not had a good way of signing off and i've decided that my sign off is going to be stay epic mystic falls that's how I'm going to close from now on. All right. <laughs> Love it. Okay. I will talk to you guys soon. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. See ya. Bye. Bye. I got your punk.